everyone. Welcome to Whining with the Witches, where Lauren and I discuss our journeys along witchcraft and paganism and discuss how we feel like we fit into society and what we've noticed in witchcraft communities. So hi, Lauren. How are you doing today? Hi, Brittany. Um, I miss you and I'm doing good and I hope you are as well. I miss you too. I know you've been crushing it at school, so yeah. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Uh, tell me what you're drinking today. Um, so I am drinking a Rio Fresco, uh, I think it's cranberry. Um, it's brewed here in Denton, Texas. It's a local brewery and this is their hard seltzer line um, because I like hard seltzers because I'm that person. <laughs> well, to be honest, hard seltzers have come a long way. They have yeah. entered the world of like craft brews now. So yeah. yeah. What are you I, drinking? I have uh, actually a Pinot Grigio kind of gone like basic bitch today and yeah. just went with an easy drinking uh, wine. So, so today's topic is all about labels in witchcraft, labels in society, labels in general. And I know we talked about this a little bit in our About Us, but like, let's talk about it a little more. So tell me, do you label your craft? Um, I do, but I don't think in the traditional way that people like see labels within the community. Um, and I really use labels as like points of conversation versus being tied to the label itself, if that makes sense. No, it does. Because what I found too is like, it's easy to use just like a generic label because you yeah. kind of get a broad idea of someone's like current interest or main interest or something like that. But it's like not the end all be all. You usually yeah. find out so much more about the person. What about so, you? Well, I guess before we go on to me, what is it? What what are the labels that you actually do use for yourself? Um, so I do use the label witch, uh, or that I practice witchcraft. Because um, I do see it more as a practice versus a like an adjective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I also describe my practice as pagan, even though my personal opinions are very far from the general pagan community. <laughs> yeah, um, I I do that too, actually. I usually just say I, I practice witchcraft or I'll say I'm a practicing witch sometimes yeah. uh, just because I feel like when you're talking to normies, <laughs> the term witch kind of seems like, oh, you're like Harry Potter or yeah. something like that. So I think saying that you're, I practice witchcraft kind of takes a little bit of that mystique away and that weird like stigma about the fantasy world i do think if you say oh i'm a witch it also becomes more of a personality trait versus like the metaphysical like all-encompassing aspect of it right it's like you're defining yourself just using a label but it doesn't imply any action that you put behind yeah. it yeah yeah i totally agree with that so do you define yourself in anything deeper? Like, I'm sure you've heard of like Green Witch or yeah. Kitchen Witch and stuff like that. Um, so at the very beginning of my journey, I did. Um, specifically the way I was introduced to Wiccanism, Paganism, Witchcraft, etc. was in the online space. And especially when searching the online space, labels are so prevalent 
So they're everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere. And so in the beginning, I was really obsessed with that label. And so I did yeah. identify as Wiccan. And then I used uh, the popular buzz phrase, like solo practitioner. Yeah. Um, and then I think I, I tried to go down the path of like, oh, do I consider myself a green witch or a kitchen witch? And just nothing really resonated. And as time has passed and I've gotten lazier and cared less, I just use very large sweeping general terms. That makes so much sense. And you know, um, I see it so much, especially because I hang out like in online witch oh, communities yeah. a deep. lot more You're than deep. you do. Yeah. yeah, I'm deep. I'm in there. But <laughs> I see that so often. People are like, you know, what should I do as a new witch? And people are like, well, figure out what kind of witch you are. And I'm like, stop it. Yeah, and I'm like, it's don't. so toxic. <laughs> I hate Come it. So, and I understand, like, because if you are someone who likes to, like, I'm, I'm just going to use green witch as an example because yeah. I'd like to throw them under the bus all the time. And oftentimes, I think people would probably describe me as that as well. But um, I feel like, you know, if you like gardening, you like working with plants and stuff like that, perhaps, yeah, you can use the term green witch to find the things you're looking for. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a great way to find resources and to find, like, like-minded people to help you or to talk with or just, you know, journey along with. Yeah. But the idea of having to find a specific type of witchcraft that you fall into, just, it's such a toxic idea. It is. It's so limiting. Yeah. And I think it's a side effect of the unique culture we're experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. In the early 90s, for example, I don't think this would be a relevant conversation. No. And I think it's... Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I have very, I probably like anarchist feelings about labels. And I just feel like it's people's need to either stand out and be like edgy or fit in. It's one of those two. And yeah. it's not either way. It's about making other people happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's so irrelevant to what it is you really do day to day. Yes. And I apologize for Apollo. He hears me talking. Yeah, like, I was gonna say I'll probably get cat bombed. So yeah, yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna happen. So we kind of like started to transition to it, but um are there other ways that you think that labels are actually really helpful? Or so, at least have you found in your path? Yeah. So I do think very much in the aspect of entering spaces that sell witchcraft books. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they do organize them kind of in that realm. So if I'm looking specifically for a book on herbs, then I would go to the green, the green witch section. Um, yeah. And then also tags. And I'll say yeah. TikTok is probably the, our number one interaction with that, but the hashtag mm -hmm. usage. For sure. Um, but other than that, it's outside of like finding specific information, I do try to avoid labels unless if I am talking to a normie or somebody specifically asks me for more explanation. Yeah. Um, actually, that is a really good point is how much social media 
affects the use of labels and it almost like you inherently have to in order to get your content found yes um because yeah i totally do that too uh, if i'm working with something that's more like herbs and stuff i i will tag it with like green witch and herbalism and stuff like that um and i find that the, yeah you you kind of inherently have to if you if you want to be found right yeah. But um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that's just sort of, you know, the, it, it is what it is when it comes with social media. Yeah. It's just as long as you're not internalizing it to the point, like, that's your sole identity. So I agree with you, though, because uh, and I think, too, I don't know that places used to categorize books under a type of witchcraft. I, I mean, I know one of the popular books is The Green Witch. It's yeah. super popular, often recommend it to new witches and stuff, but I don't remember books being categorized by like a type of witch. It's just, maybe it's because witchcraft is more popular. So there are more books and yeah. maybe you have more things to categorize. I don't know what came first. It's like the chicken or the egg. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's one um, store I used to go to a lot and they actually had a really large book section. And I don't I don't think they did it intentionally. Like, I don't think they sat down and were like, we're going to categorize this by the label um, that somebody would, you know, associate with it. I think it just happened very naturally mm -hmm. and just like not even consciously thinking about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's... Um... I mean, it, it's it's the human nature of wanting yeah. to find order in things. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I suppose any broad subject, once you start diving down and start niching down, it's gonna end up that way because you want to group like with like. So yeah. that that does kind of make sense. But I guess uh, I know we talked about. Let me look here. We talked about a little bit how they are harmful. Uh, when when you were trying to kind of fit into these categories, how did it how did it affect you in your your practice? Oh man. Um, so when I first started going down the path, I was having like a lot of personal issues just like within my life, and so seeing these like really in-depth conversations online about how people label themselves was just so incredibly stressful. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you're starting out because you're like, oh, like, should I call myself this or this, you know? And then when you do start labeling something, once again, human nature is to create a hierarchy. And so then you start to question, okay, well, if, is this better than this? And so specifically the community that I was a part of, a big point of conversation was also like the solo practitioner versus mm -hmm. somebody who was in a coven. And that was just nothing but a hot mess. <laughs> like I will never go down that path again. It was just <laughs> so awful and so oh. toxic. And I think it all really like stemmed from the idea of like the value we assign to the labels that we assign to ourselves. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I wonder, so I'm curious back then, was it more like if you're not in a coven, then you're like garbage? Uh, so people don't like to say that, but, but you that know that's what they think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and especially because how this was like, how old am I? 
what year is it? Uh, probably like, yeah, yeah. You know, probably a little over five years ago. And so I think socially the ideas of witchcraft have really exploded since then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so the idea of being a solo practitioner was just every day growing bigger. Mm -hmm. And so I really just think it was people who considered themselves purists or better or these gatekeepers trying mm -hmm. to use labels to hold on to what they'd created. Yeah. Versus just, it's fine. Just <laughs> do, do what you want to do, you know? So. No, that makes a lot of sense. I've actually, so obviously I came into witchcraft much like sort of during I'll call it the big boom yeah <laughs> uh I feel like it's like the oil boom of like yeah. the 30s yeah. or whatever yeah but um so I feel like it was the opposite by the time I came yeah. in where it's just like oh the people in the covens are like the hoity-toities you don't want to <laughs> yeah. associate with them and yeah well while no one really will ever say that you know that's kind of the vibe that I got yeah. where it's just like oh no I'm not with them I'm a solo practitioner <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, over, especially obviously in the past, what, two years, being yeah. solo is very common because we couldn't all just get together anymore. Yeah. So while things, you know, became virtual, but, you know, people that are just getting into it, they really only had themselves and maybe online communities to get into. So they didn't do traditional things like, you know, celebrating the sabbats together in person yeah. or doing celebrations or celebrating the moon or whatever they didn't do these in-person rituals anymore so yeah the last few years have really catered to the idea of being a solo practitioner yeah and i think it's a great shift like because I, I you know fortunately at the time i was living in like a huge metropolitan area so i was going to in-person meetings Oh, were you? Yes, with multiple organizations and different groups that were organizing them. And so it, yeah, I was in deep. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I was in deep. Um, and then it eventually, it just got too chaotic, too much to navigate. Um, and then I think, yeah, the panini really just made people <laughs> shift. Yeah, for um, sure. And it's great. It, that's, that's exactly what needed to happen. I agree. Um, I think, you know, it depends on the type of person you are, but there's pros and cons to the whole idea of covens. Yeah. Um, for me personally, and I know we're not really talking about covens right now, but um, I just feel like I uh, have very unique opinions about things and yeah. it's rare or very unlikely I'll find a group of people that share those opinions. So, and not that I need to be in a bubble, it's just, we wouldn't want to celebrate or do the same type of ritual. So there yeah. wouldn't be enough overlap that would make it worthwhile, make yeah. it worth my time. Yeah. But it is funny, um, the idea of solo practitioner seems like such an unnecessary title. It is. Though I understand where it came from because the idea of covens was like, almost default not quite yet but almost yeah so there was a need to say like oh i'm not in a group but now because especially me coming in where that wasn't the default anymore it seems it seems wildly unnecessary so. 
So I'm curious because you came in in time that was opposite of me. Like back then, did you feel, what did you feel about the term solo practitioner? Um, It it felt weird to me um, because it was like a point of contention in a lot of the groups I was in. Mm -hmm. And then also I did briefly look at the process of joining a local coven Mm. and and obviously this was a very long time ago and I don't remember their name or anything like that, but you basically had to have some kind of practice before you could join. Oh, so it was a wild concept to me to be like, we're not going to uplift people who practice individually. Yeah. But then you need some reference of practice yeah. to join a group. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so very roundabout way. Yeah. So, it was just, it was such a hodgepodge. Such yeah. a hodgepodge. Um, but that you know, that uh brings up a good point of uh needing to I guess what I do like about it is that people are solo and it forces them to kind of feel where they specifically fit into the grand scheme of things, not in the idea of like finding your path or anything like that, more so like what it is they like and dislike. And they're not being tied to a group that's telling them. Um, but it's still, you still kind of see the remnants of that. And also, so I'm going to kind of transition a little bit. Uh, I remember last time we did our we did our um, about us, we were talking about how labels are kind of like the remnants of people that are escaping religions or yeah. I shouldn't say escaping. That was, that was a really strong word. Leaving <laughs> uh, religions or transitioning out of religions into witchcraft or or transitioning out of, I'll call them the big three into paganism. (laughs) And there's a need to describe yourself and what you're doing. Um, So yeah, I think that's also, it's like pulling all of those things that it's like kind of finding the comfort zone from having lived in that world, I guess. I'm I'm not religious. So this is me looking, or I've never really officially been in a religion. So this is me from the outside looking out, looking in. Yeah. yeah, or looking in from the outside. Yeah, no, I would definitely uh, agree with that. And I also think a lot of it is accelerated by the fact that when you do leave, I don't even know what to call it, modern, modern day, I'll just say the big three. Um, <laughs> like when you leave that kind of environment, you're also leaving community mm-hmm. and you're leaving expectation normalcy and so i think people really grasp onto those labels to help them kind of navigate this new Mm -hmm. life that they made yeah i agree it's it's like the um comfort blanket yeah It's, it's something they can rely on it's tried and true they know that if they describe themselves as this they'll be able to get through whatever they have something to fall back on yeah And then also just describing it to your family. Yeah. You know, and so you're going to just lean on those easy, you know, snippets. Yeah. Get through that conversation. 
Yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely a benefit to having labels when you're talking to like normies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> and my mom's fine with it. She knows yeah. she's a normie. <laughs> so um, let's talk about uh, the here. I'm I'm gonna just say it. I hate the term eclectic. I hate it. It makes no sense. So I understand the premise of it, but when you really think about it, you're just describing witchcraft or you're just describing paganism. So saying you're an eclectic pagan or an eclectic witch is like the pendulum swinging from having too many labels. Yeah. <laughs> Only to create a label that means everything. <laughs> So the only real life experience I have with the word eclectic is in like the, the sense of fashion. Yeah. So like, oh, I, I have a very eclectic taste when it comes to fashion. And so we don't label fashion in that way. So we understand that like, oh, this person probably has like a lot of different styles. Yeah. So well, yeah, it's interesting to apply it to yeah. something that it, like you don't store these things. Like these aren't physical objects. And it's, so when I think of eclectic, I think of like the kooky older person who might be that's just eccentric. rich enough to eccentric. not. Yeah. Oh, that's eccentric. Eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, eccentric people often are eclectic when yeah. they're Taste. Oh my God! Yes, that is the wrong word. I went to school for numbers, so I don't yeah. need to know words. School for art, so we're doing great. We're killing it. This is why I don't like labels. I screw them up. <laughs> That's so funny, but yeah, it it high key grinds my gears. And people yeah. are like, "I'm eclectic." What does that mean? Like, okay, so you do everything. So you're a witch, or you're a pagan. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're the default. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because if somebody does have, so the few people I know who do have like very specific practices, mm -hmm. they don't just say, oh, I'm a pagan. Right. You know, like they give very specific, oh, um, I'm a pagan practicing within the Greek pantheon. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I've I've never really thought about it. And that's why, why did we do that? Like, how did we end up at that bus stop? The pendulum swung <laughs> in the other direction as well. That's how we got here. Um, so I go, I'm going to backtrack actually a little bit. You were talking about hierarchies and that reminds me of like, I know you're not big in like the <laughs> online witch communities, but there's this huge surge of people wanting to be called priestess or high priestess now. Oh. Yeah, that, that's, that's my face. That's. So honestly, I get it. I like, I associate, I don't know what people always think they mean when they say that, but I tend to just assume they mean it's kind of like the witch version of like a shaman, someone maybe who is a little more practiced, or it could be someone who is fully devoted to a specific god or goddess. But anytime I hear it, I'm like, I we are not the same. We can't. We have nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there is one person I've encountered that I think they 
would identify as a priestess, but they were leading rituals to a specific group and organization. And right. So, so they've basically gone through the motions yeah. and have earned that title, right? Yes. And it, it I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, like I, why? <laughs> I think culturally, like we don't live in a vacuum, right? You know, and so we're interacting with like a global network of cultures. Uh -huh. So I think it's first off insensitive to label yourself that. And then also, I think saying it online, you're also removing the cultural significance of what that means to a community. Yeah, and I I think different communities have different meanings and processes for becoming like a high priest or high priestess. Yeah. So I get it, you know, like there's different cultures that have that. So it's not like appropriation levels, but it's like you, I see this a lot with like new witches or new pagans. And, yeah. and this is the first step you want to take. This is yeah. that's not how this works. You can't just decide you're learning how to ride a bike, but you want to like pilot the space shuttle. That's, that's not how this works. Yeah. It really reminds me of someone who like, got high and went out and laid in the woods and had an experience. Yeah. And then they came back and were transformed. Like that's, and then they like jumped to that. They went yeah. from like here to here. <laughs> like, I feel like it's worse than that. Like yeah. they didn't even get high to get to that. <laughs> read it online. It was like, this sounds fun and fancy. I'm going to yeah. do that. They changed their, um, their outlook, like email. Uh, to sign off. I would immediately block, straight block. I'd be like, I, quit. I can't work with you. No, like we don't have anything in common. You cannot do it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we talked about how like people label themselves, label a practice, but this one is a hot topic. And I wonder, we might have to split this off into another full episode devoted to this, but the term black magic. Oof. So what does that mean to you when you hear it? <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> that noise. So <laughs> I think, okay, I, I know that this isn't what it is, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but if somebody came up and said that to me, I would think that it is evil magic and then like my own phrasing and how I approach things I would say magic practiced with ill intent yes um but I know they're different people don't realize they're yeah. not the same thing yeah yeah they're very different and I don't understand why we're still calling things that because <sighs> I have like a whole story about this, a whole story. And this is why I feel like it should probably be in its own episode, but here we go. So um, this girl comes in to one of the chats and she's like, hi, I want to learn more about white magic. And I'm like, what, what do you think that means? And she was like, I want to learn about traditional magic. And I'm like, okay, those aren't the same thing. 
<laughs> because I drink. I couldn't even drink. Hold on. <laughs> Let me pause so you can drink. Okay, but, I swallowed. <laughs> so I was like, those aren't the same thing. You know, I and and then I was like, okay, what do you mean by traditional magic? Do you mean like traditional like folk magics, or do you mean like what people call high magic, like ceremonial magic? And she was like, well, just white magic. And um, everybody in the chat was like, well, this is why we don't say that. It's like inherently saying that there's white and black magic, which yeah. one isn't a thing, and two is very racist. <laughs> and she was like, well, I don't know why you guys are saying I'm racist. Red flag. And, then, <laughs> and I was Red like, flag number two. <laughs> we're not saying you're racist. We're just saying that if you're asking for these things, you're not going to get the response that you're looking for. Yeah. You're not going to get the help that you think you're asking for. Yeah. And she was like, well, I don't know why everybody in this chat is calling me racist. I just want to use uh, the traditional verbiage. I'm like, remember how I asked you all those questions? And <laughs> she got so mad. She just like rage quit the chat. But it it really, it's really interesting because um, the idea, the concept of white and black magic is very like, European witches versus, yeah, you know, mostly I will say African or like um, island specific uh, religions yeah. and witchcraft. So trying to describe that to people and they're like, well, um, well, that's not what I meant. I'm like, okay, but that's what that means. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, when you think if someone were to say black magic, most people, especially in the States, are going to think of voodoo. Yeah. Just kind of. And if you don't, like, whoever's listening, comment, let us know. Because that's, I've never met anyone who does not yeah. think that. Yeah. And especially being from Houston mm -hmm. um, and the cultural ties that Houston has that uh, specifically come from uh, New Orleans. Like, Yeah. It's just, you saw they get really inappropriate imagery of people practicing voodoo in your head. Yeah. Like, it, it's especially in the South. Oh, uh, sure. You know, and I think even in certain areas, if you asked, oh, what is magic? People immediately associate it with voodoo. Mm hmm So, that, yeah. Yeah, they, um, especially because the South is what I like to call the Bible Belt. Yeah. <laughs> they assume any kind of magic is just automatically evil. Yeah. It's automatically voodoo, which is not evil, but yeah. that's what they will call it. And it just perpetuates the cycle. And I mean, a lot of it was because of Hollywood and, yeah. you know, just voodoo bad and like Sabrina from the 90s, good, that kind of yeah. thing, you know? But um, it's it's interesting because instead of black magic, other terms have sprouted up like um, baneful magic. They'll use the term baneful magic, okay. um, which I still don't like. It's it's better. <laughs> but then there's also left hand path versus right hand path, and I feel like they've just replaced the words, but still has the same issue. These labels make me feel so old. 
because <laughs> these were non-existent when I was in these internet spaces. I don't even, people didn't even use like black or white magic. It, really? Yeah, that just wasn't something that was phrased. Um, and it, it probably is because I started from like a uniquely Wiccan path. And, oh, you know, the standard, you know, what you release into the world will come back to you. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's why intent is the capstone. Yeah. You know, like your intent for this magic is the, is the way it's guided, mm -hmm. um, which removes the need for all those labels. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And you yeah. said it earlier. It's like, if you do magic with ill intent, yeah. that's basically what it is. And, and I like that a lot better than saying evil because again, like magic inherently is neither. It's neither yes. good or bad. Yeah. It's just a thing. It's like a tool. Like if I have a hammer, I could decide to build a house or I could yeah. bludgeon someone with it. So, you know, the tool itself is just a neutral thing that exists in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there are emotions. Yeah. You know, these are emotions that we are guiding through these actions and through these rituals. Uh -huh. Like the world is not inherently like the earth itself is not inherently anything. Right. Yeah. And there's so much debate too on what's considered. I feel like we'll have to do an episode about the morality of magic because, oh gosh, oh gosh there, it, it's a whole rabbit hole. There's, I know. And of course, like the big one is like the huge debate about love spells. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, I have a lot of opinions around hexes. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll have to save that for another episode. Because <laughs> I, too, have a lot of opinions about hexes. Yeah. And I would love to hear yours. So, yeah. uh, oh, gosh. We have so many episodes. I need to, like, <laughs> jot them down. Um, so is this specifically hexes? Or, like, what about, like, jinxes, too? Like, or is that not that? So um, I do... I regularly practice in jinxes because yeah, I know we do it all the time. I was say, my favorite phrase is "I hope they stub their big toe," and, and I like to say "I hope they catch every red light." Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, it's really just the way I try to live my life. I don't. I strive to not wish ill intent on anyone. Yeah, uh, there are very few people that obviously fall outside of that camp. Um, but yeah, I tried to live my life that way. And so for me, hexes fall into that category. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have practiced or uh, participated in hex, like global witch hex practices mm -hmm. for certain persons. Um, usually really bad. Like, yeah, you know, irrefutably the, the bad. Yeah, yeah, you know, so but other than that, I don't think I would ever do it to a specific person. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to have this, have yeah. this as a, another episode because um, we are opposite in that. Although I'm sure you know, based off of our friendship, that we're opposite yeah, in that. Right, right. We're opposite in that in real life and in, I mean, not in real life, but in regular mundane life and in the magic world. Yeah. <laughs> so... I feel like that covers all of our main topics. Was there anything else you wanted to chat about? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay. I yeah. mean, we're kind of at the 30 minute mark. So why don't we yeah. go ahead and like wrap it up and 
Um, so for those of you who are listening, um, not on YouTube, I should say, those of you who are just listening, if you enjoyed this, you can use our email and email us if you have questions, comments. Um, if you have concerns, keep them to yourself. <laughs> you can argue with us. It's fine. Oh, I, for sure. I, we started this so we can argue. So we yeah, will definitely yeah. argue with you. But you know that uh, we uh, will eventually talk on more so baneful magic, talk on um, like hexes, curses, jinxes, stuff like that. And we have some other stuff in the queue. So if there's stuff you want to hear us talk about, just uh, email us and or catch us on Facebook, whichever. Yeah. And those of you watching on YouTube, just leave us a comment below. Um, Lauren, any final words? Uh, no, thank you all so much for joining us. Yay. All right. We will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye.